number two or let's cast number two darn it the more, more serious about this stuff so first off we're gonna play today we're going to play turbo pod because this is the third time I've tried to do this 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 video and the first time I spent like half an hour trying to get my Dreamcast set up so I could properly uh, use it with my software and I didn't realize Alice's mom's rescue hadn't saved my game, so I couldn't uh, couldn't do that. Then I started recording with this game, and the microphone was like super quiet, and the saw the the game was really loud, which is why I'm turning. It was all the way at 100 when I first started, then I turned to 70 and it was still too loud, so now I'm just turning it down to like 20, so it's just barely in the background. So, this, this is run number three, time number three. Now, Turbo Pug is a, um, an endless runner type game for on Steam, and I don't think it's on iOS or Android, and you play as... Well, you play as one of uh, you play as either as one of these characters, which I've only unlocked eight of. I usually play as the space cat, even though it's a turbo pug. It doesn't actually like gives you like names for them, which is kind of sad because it'd be funny to see cute names for these pugs. You play as space pug or Christmas pug, I should say. And each one actually plays differently, surprisingly enough. So I mean this I mean it's a relatively inexpensive game but Okay, I'm going to go back to Mooncat because I'm I'm best with Mooncat. Cuz Mooncat can like float and double jump. So let's start off this time with what I was going, what I actually started off with the last time, in a a uh, continuation of the thing that I talked about way too much on the first Let's Cast, the Coleco Chameleon is officially uh, is officially dead. Coleco pull uh, the day that I recorded it last or two weeks ago. Um, Coleco had asked, or had demanded, to see a working prototype within, like, a week. Well, that didn't happen, and within, like, a couple days after that happening, the Retro VGS people pulled their Facebook page and pulled their website completely down. Like, if you went to Retro VGS's website, you got nothing. And then I, then I think Coleco posted that they had received communication that the project was that the project was canceled or whatever whatever. So essentially, it was all kind of bunk. But let's not let's not ugh, let's not let's not look at this badly upon Coleco because I mean Coleco did their due diligence. 
they realized they, they were like oh hey our name is being dragged for this thing that may or may not actually be a scam and they were, then they were like okay well you have to give us some sort of prototype right now in order for us to well effectively right now in order for us to let you keep using our name so And I mean, it seems like the holding company, because it's still not actually original Coleco from the 80s, it never will be, and whatever. Um, looks like they're, they're trying to do something with the brand, like, they're trying to uh, remake those old handheld mini arcades that were really popular in like the 80s, that were kind of like the Tiger Electronics type thing, except much better and not as cheap. They're trying to bring some, bring those back, hopefully with better components because 20 plus years. So, yeah, good for them. Um, So yeah, that's that's I think finally it for the Coleco Chameleon slash Retro VGS. I'm, I still want to believe that Mike Kennedy and company were just in over their heads and they weren't trying completely trying to scam people. But ugh, the more evidence that comes up, the worse it looks for them. Apparently, how that like how they bought their uh, their molds for the uh, the Jaguar molds, which was like the one thing they actually did have. Because I this, I'm going to talk like 20 minutes about the damn Coleco Chameleon again. Because the um, the guy who runs, who ran it, Mike Kennedy, uh, also runs two other retro-related things. Retro Magazine, which is a magazine. And Game Gavel, which is kind of like eBay for just video games instead of eBay, which is for everything. I've never actually used Game Gavel, to be honest. But I have used eBay. And I think I've I think I saw I had I have a retro magazine. I'm not sure if it's that one or if it's a different retro magazine. But apparently he like really had these interesting ways of shuffling the money around like um, the molds were technically legally bought by I think it was Game Gavel and then the profits for the mold from like Atari shell resales because I think they I think they've been doing that or if, if they haven't they should because a lot of people would like Atari clear, cool Atari shells. Um, those sales, I think, went to the magazine, and then the Retro VGS has to pay, had to pay for all advertising themselves, instead of getting, like, a discount or free, since it's run by the same people. Um, 
So yeah, it was kind of sketchy, and I'm not exactly sure how precisely it all worked. There's there's a video that I that I saw that showed this all to me, and I'll link that to that in the YouTube description. If you're watching, if you're just listening to the podcast, sorry, I can't really help you because I don't really know how to link in podcast descriptions. I'm new to this. I've been doing YouTube videos for like almost three years now. The podcast I've been doing for less than a month. Okay, so I think that is finally it for the Coleco Chameleon Retro VGS, unless it comes back as like the 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 Tiger Electronics uh, links or something stupid like that. So yeah, okay. Um. Some interesting, like, VR-related news. Sony announced the PlayStation VR's, uh... Name, or official name, or... Price, and all that fun stuff. And Oculus also... Get, uh... Released, like, the launch lineup for the, the Rift. So that's interesting. I'm still kind of on the fence about VR in general, especially if they're all, every one turns into like its own little stupid walled garden. But if, if, if it's relative, if it's easy enough to port games from one, from one setup to another, I think it'll probably work out alright. But if you're gonna force people to use, to buy each different one in order to use any, to use different softwares, you're gonna have an issue. So, I mean, I'm, no, I'm not expecting like the new the Killzone VR game or whatever the hell it ends up being called to work on an Oculus Rift, but something like say. Eve Online, or uh, what's that other space? That's another space shooter game that's coming out soon. Whatever, I can't remember the name of it. Like that, if those, you have to either have one or the other to use. It's probably not going to work out that well because they're like six hundred, four to six hundred bucks a piece. Nobody's going to pay four hundred dollars for the PSVR, six hundred bucks for the the HTC Vive, six hundred bucks for the Oculus Rift. Nobody's going to pay like sixteen hundred bucks so that they can play a handful of games in VR. It's going to come down to down to the software, whether or not there's enough quality software that pe- makes people think, "Oh yeah, I will totally buy this extra six hundred dollar piece of equipment for my computer or PlayStation." The other, there's only one other piece of news that actually came out after I had recorded the first attempt at this podcast, or the second attempt at this podcast. Um, relatively well-known YouTuber, Jim Sterling, who uh, does the Jimquisition, basically where he talks about how Konami is idiots and 
bad games are bad and all that kind of stuff is getting sued by the developers of or by the developers of a, a great number of games that he apparently has disdain for called uh, Digital Homicide they're from Arizona and they're suing him because for 10 counts of libel They're probably not going to win because America has pretty pretty strong libel laws and really dig the digital homicide people are going to have to prove that Jim intended to defame them or that he that no no not that he intended to defame them that he intended to mislead people when he put he wrote something or he said he either wrote something or said something because he also runs a blog. Like I run a blog. But my blog doesn't upset people because nobody really really reads it. So yeah, in your in the UK they might have an issue. And what's interesting is I'd always thought that he was British because he seems to talk with a British accent. Apparently he lives in Mississippi, which makes him like the only British. The only person with a British accent in Mississippi, and I just drowned my cat. And if you're listening to the podcast, remember I'm playing Turbo Pug, which is a video game where you eventually die in some manner while playing as a cat or a pug. I'm not actually killing animals. I should point that out because I don't want PETA to sue me. Though I don't think PETA could sue me. But still, I wouldn't be surprised because they're kind of stupid. So, most of the... I've, I read through the, the uh, filing from... Where was it? I think Destructoid posted it. Yeah, Destructoid, I want to say. Um, they posted it, and I read through it. And most of the counts of libel are related to... One, Jim saying that they were pretending to be a Polish game studio called ECC Games. Because they had started calling themselves that, even though the other company was around first. And that was like four or five, like three or four of the counts were related to that. And then another like two or three were related to... Um, Apparently, for the art from for one of their games, not not the Slaughtering Grounds, which is their most infamous game, um, but for one of their games, I don't really remember or care which, they had used um, a piece of art that someone made on DeviantArt, and Jim called them on it, even though they had apparently purchased the rights to use that artwork from Shutterstock. Because the the artist put it up on Shutterstock because hey you know what make a few bucks off it whatever it's a nice it's a, it's a, it's a nice picture I've seen it. so there were like two more of the counts were related to that and okay I mean it he did later on amend his blog post to point out that it may have been purchased from Shutterstock and. They have. They claim to have. Us. Okay, I'm just gonna keep getting struck by lightning in this game. Um, 
They said they have a receipt for it, so they apparently did legally purchase it. Whatever. Does this have any chance in hell of succeeding? No. Because, let's be completely honest. I mean, the way that he, that Jim wrote it and said it, for most of the, of the explicit things that they are complaining about, were... He, he wrote them in a way so that it does not necessarily mean that he's... That he's distributing it as complete fact, if that makes any sense. It really doesn't, actually. The way, even the way I said it doesn't make any sense. Basically, in, as I said, as I said earlier, in America, the digital homicide people are going to have to prove that when he said all these things, he ex he deliberately lied or misinformed. He deliberately misinformed his audience for the purpose of slandering the company or the plaintiff. Unless they can find some a way, some way that actually, that where, unless they can find some evidence that says that he knew that they were a completely different company, or that he knew that they purchased their, their, uh, the picture off Shutterstock, and just explicitly, and just deliberately for, in, removed that information, they're not going to win this case. Which is good. They also don't have their don't have a lawyer. And in one of the more interesting things regarding this case, when I think it was the person, the person who wrote the article from Destructoid, when they contacted the digital homicide people about it, about the case, because that's what you do when you're a journalist. Um, the digital homicide person forwarded them an entire email chain or an email conversation that they had with a different with as the person from Destructoid said a different publication someone from Kotaku wrote that it might have been them but since neither outlet explicitly referenced the other it could have been a it could have been a completely different conversation thread but the person from Kotaku said that someone contacted him and said that the digital homicide people used his email in a and forwarded his email to them to the to the destructoid writer or to the other writer i should say and the destructoid writer said that they were forwarded someone's con email conversation it could have been the kotaku person i'm not sure it doesn't really matter it just seems really strange for them to do that Ugh. Nonetheless, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, it would be hilarious if this actually was a digital homicide game, and I decided to play it before finding out this information. I suppose I should look into that. Is this a digital homicide game? I'll probably add that later on in like the picture. I don't know what I'm going to do with the the podcast, but yeah. Okay. So that's really it for the news stories that I could think of or really care. Oh, except for uh. Sony and or Microsoft wants to do cross-platform play with the PS4 and the PC for Rocket League. That would be cool if 
Sony played along, but that but Sony really has no incentive at the moment to play along except to not look like dicks. I would like it because well right while well, while well, fine yeah right now finding somebody to play in Rocket League probably isn't that difficult. I still haven't bought that game yet. I can pretty much guarantee that like uh, a year or so down the line, it's going to be almost impossible to find players because a lot of people are just are going to have migrated over to whatever else, whatever the new game is. So as someone who's spent a lot of time in a game server, you know, the, be the, the best way, any way that you can increase the number of potential players online is a good thing for me. As I said, Sony really doesn't have any massive incentive except the fact that Microsoft wants to do it and they're the only ones who can stop them from doing something that's really is mutually beneficial for everyone. Because let's be honest, nobody's really buying a PS4 over a Xbox One specifically for Rocket League. I mean, some people are like, oh yeah, I want to play my friends in Rocket League, but I only have it on the PS on the PC, and they have it on the PS4 or whatever. Actually, the PS4 or PC, yeah. But, still. That's... As I said, I, I'd like, I'd really like for Sony to play ball with them on this. But they really have no huge incentive to do so. But it seems like the people who made Rocket League are down for that too. And they also, both systems have uh, cross-platform play with the PC already. So it would be cross-platform with all three. Not the Wii U, because I don't think it's on the Wii U. Plus, Nintendo seems to still think internet is a fad. The 6th generation really killed Nintendo's internet because they fell way behind, and even now they haven't really caught up. I mean, you could say that, that PSN is about as good as Xbox, except for the fact that it seems to be down more often. Or Xbox Live, I should say. But nobody's really saying that Nintendo's the Nintendo network is as good as either one, and they really aren't. I don't have a PS4 yet, but I do have an Xbox One and a Wii U. And if I'm playing some, if I'm playing an online type thing, I'll usually just do it on my Xbox. Plus, of course, most of these games haven't been released on the Wii U because the Wii U is doing its and Nintendo's console is doing its thing where it only gets like ex exclusive games and like four or five multiplats. A lot of games are actually being ported from the Wii U to other consoles, like Shovel Knight. Okay, so that's finally it for the news news that's relatively new. Of course, if you're coming to me for news, you're probably going to have a bad time, because I only do these podcasts every other week. And I spend about half the time talking about this, about the whichever game I'm playing. I'm probably going to die less in this than I did in Alice's Mom's Rescue last uh, two weeks ago. Ugh, I can't get this area to work in a way that doesn't make me die. 
Pug points. Pug points. Uh, there was one other thing I did want to talk about, and I'm probably going to end this video relatively early because I can't talk about the Coleco Chameleon for an, a half hour again today. Just can't. Um, relatively recently, this was actually before the last uh, podcast, but I just didn't think about it because I had a lot of other things to talk about. Um, Sega sent out a survey for, you know, people who play Sega games. And as my extensive Dreamcast collection would let you know, not complete, but I have over like 125 Dreamcast games at the moment. As my Dreamcast collection and my set the fact that I've had a Genesis for 20, the same Genesis for 20 years now, will have you believe, I'm relatively a Sega fanboy. So it starts off like talking about like, you know, which game systems do you have? And it was a massive list. Like it 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 had a list it had like the Wonder Swan on there and like the Neo Geo Pocket and the Pocket Color and I'm just like, wow, this is an extensive list. Cause I mean I've done video game related surveys before and usually it's like do you have an Xbox? And like, if it goes past before it even, if it has the Dreamcast, I'm surprised. But no, man, Sega they they put they put out all the stops. They had the Atari Jaguar on there, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, I yeah, I had like over half of the systems there because I have a lot of video game systems. And then it's all, and then it's like, which of these Sega franchises have you heard of? And I selected pretty much all of them because I've heard of pretty much all of them. And um, then it was like, oh, what's your, what, what do you like about this franchise? And then, and that that specific page took like 20 minutes because I had to write in at least a sentence or two about like 40 different <laughs> different franchises because. Sega has a ton of franchises, and most of them haven't ha gotten a game in years. So I'm like, it's, so it was like, you know, for Fantasy Star Online, what do you like about it? And I'm like, oh, you know what, just bring Fantasy Star Online to the West. That's what I want you to do. Just do it. Fantasy Star Online 2, I should say. Because no. Fantasy Star Online 2 has been out in Japan for two or three at least years. And they've always been like, yeah, we'll release it stateside. Nope. They still have it. Now they're actually locking out players who who are playing from the US, from um, the West. So you have to get like a proxy in order to even play it. And the English patch. Because it hasn't been released in English. So I'm just like, just bring it to the West for crying out loud. You have enough people who are you have people who are willing to go through all these hoops and you don't think they'll pay $15 a month for it too? Or however much they, they want you to pay for it? And then for Shenmue, I was like, just make, bring, remake Shenmue 1 and 2 in HD. I was really hoping that Sega's Dreamcast collection would A, involve more than like four games. Including one that wasn't even released in the US on the Dreamcast. And two would spawn more Dreamcast collections, because I'd love to see 
new versions of game, new, ver new versions of, of a lot of Dreamcast games. Cause so, I mean, so yeah, some have been re-released, like Jet Set slash Jet Grind Radio has been re-released in the U.S. Uh, on Steam and PSN and Xbox Live, I think. But there's a lot of other games that just haven't seen a new release, like uh, Headhunter. I'd like to see that. What other, what other Dreamcast games can I think of uh, that haven't been released at all? Mm. Yeah, I can't really think of any offhand. Sonic Shuffle would be interesting, but... Plus, I'm actually literally playing, so I can't turn my head and look at... Okay, there we are. Um, I mean, there's a ton of really great Dreamcast games. So Dreamcast had a phenomenal library, actually. Much better than its numbers would suggest. But Sega hasn't even thought about bringing Shenmue 1 and 2 into HD, and... I've said it before, and I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. Bringing Shenmue War, or putting, re-releasing Shenmue One and Two in some form, be it as a movie, as a uh, as re-releases, as just straight-up Dreamcast ports that you put on Steam, or anything like that, would be is pretty much necessary for the success of Shenmue Three, because. The first Shenmue sold, like, somewhere around, like, 500,000 to a million copies or whatever. I'm not 100% certain. I don't really feel like lo like looking that up. And plus, video game numbers are, like, this mystical box. The second Shenmue, I don't even think, sold that well. And you're expecting, because you're expecting the people, those people, to be the only ones who are going to buy Shenmue 3. Because if you don't know the story of Shenmue 1 and 2, you're, there's no real reason for you to get 3. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I should do a let's play of all three of those, of, of all of Shenmue 1 and 2, and that will be my let's cast for a, a few months, probably like, probably like almost a year at this point, so those are very long games. But, Someone who's never been able to experience the first two games, and a lot of people haven't, because Shenmue 2 was released, like, what, 14 years ago? So that means that a lot of adults were, like, through, were, like, four or five years old back then. So, say, and, and I know Sega really doesn't have a stake in Shenmue 3, because... They let sh they they just gave you Suzuki permission to make to make it without their involvement, which I will I will them this much. That's a really a really big th uh, something that's really big to do and really good. I like that. But it's a perfect opportunity to reintroduce people to a franchise that you've that was. Sorely, damn, sorely killed off way too soon. Well, for too long. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I pre-ordered the PS4 version on Kickstarter. I don't have a PS4 yet. 
I'm going to buy a PS4 specifically for it because they didn't have the Xbox One version available and I prefer to buy it on a console. So, yeah, I'm buying... It's a system seller for crying out loud. So, but then after talking about all these great franchises and I'm feeling really good and really nostalgic, it starts off with which Sega mobile games have you played? I'm like, no, don't talk about Sonic Runners and the, the mediocre Crazy Taxi uh, Temple Run knockoff you made. I don't want to talk about those. I'm feeling good now. now. I'm just like... And yeah, I mean, some of Sega's are, are game ports have actually been pretty good. And some of the some of the new versions of the remakes of old games they've had have been good. Um, Sonic 2 was in, uh, was improved actually a little bit on its predecessor. I still think Sonic the, the original game is the best version because it's the best game ever. But it's if if you want to play it on the on the bus and you don't have a Sega Nomad with you, that's the best the best the way you're gonna do it. Or you could be cool and get a Sega Nomad. Sega Nomad for cool kids only. Dying cats. Let's change to a let's go with this one, whatever that is. That was a strange noise. And remember, if you're still only listening to the podcast, I'm playing Turbo Pug, which is a Steam game, which you can play on Steam. I'm not actually killing adorable bogs. Yeah, I mean, Sega has a lot of franch, a lot of really great franchises that they've kind of just ignored in the past five or ten years. Like, there's been, let's see, there hasn't been a new um, Bare Knuckle slash Streets of Rage game, Rage game since the Genesis Streets of Rage 3. Vector Man hasn't had a new game since Vector, since Vector Man 2 on the Genesis. Both of those had cancelled sequels or remakes. There hasn't been an Altered Beast game since the PS2, and that one was only released in Europe and sucked. There hasn't been a new, uh... There hasn't been a new Space Harrier. It's not counting the 3D version. Not counting the 3D version, which is pretty good, I'm not gonna lie. But, there hasn't been a new Space Harrier since Space Harrier, or since Planet Harriers, which only came out in the arcades. And that was in 2000. I mean, there hasn't been a new Jet Set or Jet Grind or Jet Set Radio game since uh, Jet Set Radio Future in 2001 or 2002. It was on the original Xbox. Now you haven't had that. You haven't had a lot of. You haven't had a new Alex Kidd game since... I think... I think the one that was on the Genesis. I don't think there's been a new Alex Kidd game since then. I mean, 
like, if you're playing, um, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, which is a great game and you should play it, half of the, half of the characters in the game haven't had a game come out since the sixth generation at the latest. Billy Hatcher only had one game, he's in the, he's in it, or actually he has a stage, I'm not sure if he's actually in it. Um, Oolala's in the game, she hasn't had a game come out since the PS2, a new game at least. Um, I'm trying to think of more characters that are in the game that I haven't actually mentioned. There hasn't been, oh, no, actually there have been a few House of the Dead. House of the Dead is one of the few franchises they've actually been kept running relatively steadily. There hasn't been a new Virtua Cop game. There hasn't been a new Virtua Fighter game since Virtua Fighter 5. Final Showdown, which, yeah, was on the Xbox 360 and the PS3, but still. And you'd think that with, and especially since a lot of tournaments actually still use, um... Since a lot of tournaments actually still use um, Virtual Fighter, one of the Virtual Fighter games, you'd think that that would be a good excuse for them to like, hey, maybe we should think about making a new Virtual Fighter. Nope. We're gonna have we're gonna make three Sonic games, and most of them are terrible. I love Sonic. Give me, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Sonic is one. Uh, Sonic Two is my favorite game of all time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, that you can only make Sonic games forever and ever and ever and ever. Because you don't need to. That's you can do other things. At the very least, it's not as bad as Konami. Okay. So, I've gotten off my soapbox about how Sega really needs to remember that old their old franchises exist and are awesome and great and need to be brought back to life. Actually, in all the all these characters actually could control a little bit differently. Which is surprising, even I think this game is like three dollars. You wouldn't expect that from like a $3 Steam game. Okay, I'm gonna play one more round. Once I die really early this time. And then, well, I try. Because I can't really think of anything else to talk about right now. And I I really should probably start like making notes for these. And being like, hey, what should I talk about? But I can't, haven't really thought. And, You'd think that doing these every other week would give me plenty of stuff to talk about, but no. It hasn't. Mainly because a lot of things that are in video gaming are kind of like the same. It's like, oh, virtual reality. Yay. I'm still starting to think virtual reality might just become the new 3D TV. I don't know. I'm honestly sort of thinking about getting... Like, get one of the new Galaxy S phones and just getting the, uh, the Gear VR. Even though it's not perfect virtual reality, it's a lot cheaper than $600 for an Oculus Rift. Plus, I need to get a new computer. Or, let's see, that's, that's probably at least $1,600, $1,400 for the Oculus Rift since I need to get a new computer for it. 
Same with the HTC Vive because I'm probably needing a new computer for it too. The PlayStation VR needs to spend $1,000 because it's $600 and I need to get a PS4. Whereas, yeah, I, the, I need to buy a new phone, but I need to get a new phone anyway. So my new my phone is... My phone's getting at this point where it just doesn't want to recognize my SIM card every now and then. It's like, ah, SIM card, it's just been removed. I have to shut I have to turn it off right now. It's like three years old at this point. Which is old for a smartphone. Even though my Xbox One is almost that old too. It's like two and a half. I mean, no, I've had it I've actually I've had it for let's see, I got it. 2014, so yeah, I've had it for two years, actually. Then again, I don't use it as often. Okay, this is the final last run, and then I'm going to put this up on the internet, and people are going to be like, why are you playing as a turbo pug? Okay. So, we'll see you next time. Uh, next week, I'm going to do a, a review of something. Maybe one of the new Dreamcast games I just recently bought. And we'll then two weeks from now we'll be doing another one of these fantastic let's casts. So we'll see you then.